Welcome to Magnetize Your Presence, The Art of Creating Charisma. Your host is Sheila Ali. In this program, we'll help you discover your purpose, passion, and power. We'll help you gain confidence, get the most out of life, and become magnetic. It's time to be the person you deserve to be, and the person to help you with that is the next voice you'll hear. Now, here is Sheila Alley. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Magnetize Your Presence, and I'm your host, Sheila Alley. You can reach me by email at radio at SheilaAlley.com, by telephone at 902-578-0509, and on my social media networks, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter, like me on Facebook, and add me on Google+. And never miss an episode by subscribing to us on iTunes. I am so happy you're here and that you're joining me today, you, my loyal listeners from all around the world. My intention for this show and every show is to give you great information that you can start using right away and to inspire you to take action and make changes wherever they might be needed. Today, we're talking about finding your voice, trusting yourself, creating boundaries, loving yourself, loving your body, all of which equal being magnetic, empowered, and sexy. Wow, I know this is a lot, kind of five different topics. However, I want to talk about them because I believe they all fit together. My guest today is Liz Alto, and Liz is the founder of the Wild Soul Movement, author of Untame Yourself, and host of the popular Untame the Wild Soul Woman podcast. Her core belief is that fuels her mission and work in the world is that women who are connected, listen to themselves, and trust themselves experience more freedom, ease, and joy. And before we get started, I just want to let you know that Liz has a free gift for you that I will be giving you the link to at the end of the show. So grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, relax, and let's welcome Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you? Hi. Um, so I'm really happy to get to chat with you today. I am very curious about the work you do, and um, I have lots of questions. So Great. first, first I want to know is how you got a st- how you got started, and um, what drew you into this kind of work, helping women and uh, things like that. So um, back in the day, I originally started my career in sales um, from like the age of 19 to about 23. And then um, for one year, I worked in corporate America, and then I quit and became a personal trainer. And from the time I started personal training, I noticed that a lot of my clients, yep, they wanted to lose weight. Yes, they Mm -hmm. wanted to be healthier. But inevitably, they could be doing all the physical stuff, right? Like eating well, coming to their workouts, Mm -hmm. doing other stuff. But any type of mental, emotional relationship, financial issue could come up and very easily wipe out the physical results. So I became Mm -hmm. way more curious about the inner landscape, like working in, not, I mean, working out was cool, but what was going on in the inside that could just destroy the physical results so swiftly. And Mm -hmm. so I started studying things like energy work and psychology and mindset. Um, And at a certain point, I'd also received some feedback in my own life that I was, um, that I could, I could use a little softening uh, or that I should in, 
you know, we're listening right now. So if you could see me, I'm making air quotes, I should be more feminine. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what does that even mean? And Mm -hmm. so I just started doing some study and research. And I started reading a book called Awakening Shakti by a woman named Sally Kempton. And it's really just archetypes, right? So she uses Mm -hmm. the Hindu goddesses of yoga to explain archetypes. But um, I got to a one chapter on one of the archetypes, the goddess Durga, who happens Mm -hmm. to be like the warrior feminine. So super fierce. She has like eight arms and there's a different thing in each arm to represent a different type of aspect of her. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I was like, oh, I've always been feminine, but my feminine is more of a fierce feminine. It's not prissy and dainty and girly, which was the only association I ever had with feminine. And so across all those things that I had been studying, I decided, uh, you know, even from conversations I was having with women, because I I had an online following from my fitness career, Mm -hmm. um, I just started asking questions and writing blog posts more around this type of thing and realized that people were super curious, but super hesitant to have these conversations openly. So when I would post things on Facebook, for example, I would Mm -hmm. get text messages from my friends. I would get private messages. I would get emails. And so I started a closed Facebook group so people could come and we could be talking about these things and fleshing it out. And that was in the fall of 2013. And so since then, um, I created the movement practice, Wild Soul Movement, which it's not a workout. It's sensual movement that also uses mantras really to help women get out of their heads and connect with their bodies a bit more and get the two communicating with each other. And so that's really how it all started. I was just had this insatiable curiosity about what was going on with my clients, but also what was going on with myself. Yes. Yeah. And I think lots of times that's where it starts is with ourselves. Totally. The curiosity and, and when things aren't working the way we want them to, them to. So when you were seeing these women, they were in the gym and working um, and you saw a disconnection. Yeah. Did you notice anything about uh, how people, how the women felt? Um, and I'm, I'm curious too, how easy or hard it was to get them to actually open up about the inside. Cause Most women don't want to talk about that. Well, that's what, that was one of my indicators that this is definitely the line of work that I should be in is that it wasn't Mm -hmm. difficult at all. In fact, I didn't try, I didn't even ask for it. They just started doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you definitely know you're in the right place when that happens. Yeah. Um, So you said a little bit about the, uh, um, the, your movement, the soul movement, and, um, and it's not actually movement, the wild soul movement. So you, um, it, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about finding your voice. And okay. I would, that's a, you know, because that's one of the things where women struggle and um, they have trouble speaking up. And in a society, women are um, conditioned or are told to be be nice and being nice usually means you don't speak your speak for yourself and don't speak up so for, for me uh finding your voice means speaking up on my own behalf saying what i think asking for what i want and not fearing the consequences so what is it for you what would you say about that and what's your experience so the question is what specifically like how would i define using my voice and what maybe were any challenges around it uh, well, just when you when you talk to women, and um, do you see any challenges that, about women finding their voice um, 
and how that relates to their uh, how they feel. Cool. And yeah, speaking okay. up, you know, uh, yeah. I I I would I have a feeling. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you as uh, well, but I have a feeling that you don't have any problem speaking up. Is that true? No. (laughs) So I also uh, would assume, (laughs) and I'm asking you if this is true, that when you you do speak up and that because you do, you probably notice women who don't. And um, because I do, I notice I notice people, women who don't speak up and I can I just want to shake them sometimes and say, you don't need to do this. (laughs) So my question is about finding your voice and and probably I should just give you a quick um, simpler question um, how does that look what do you see when you look out yeah. when you see women what do you see got it thank you for clarifying so yeah i notice that here are the reasons why women typically won't use their voice um at some point in their timeline of like growing up someone told them they can't or they shouldn't or that it wasn't okay where they had some kind of experience to prove to them that it actually wasn't safe, whether it's that they grew up in some kind of abusive environment or they, they did speak up at some point and there was some kind of negative consequence to that, usually of no fault of their own, just probably more related to other people's discomfort. Um, or they grew up watching their, their adult role models, whether it was the, their female role models or their male role models, didn't speak up. So they learned, they just watched, like, for example, they watched their mom do it, never speak up and then like suffer silently. And they learned, oh, I guess that's just what people do. Um, so those are just some examples of why, um, and it's not even just women, why people in general wouldn't use right. their voice. For some people, it's cultural, literally like women are in a certain place in the culture and it's just inappropriate appropriate or whatever. Some people it has to do with a religion or a certain thing in your community or your culture or whatever. And so, you know, whatever is the reason at some point they received the message, use the word conditioning. This is exactly what it is that mm-hmm. it's not okay or it's not safe or to not even bother because nothing's going to change anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a lot of the reason too. They think things won't change. Uh, some of the reasons I also see that they wouldn't speak up is because uh, fear of the consequences and that they won't be liked. Total. Oh, yeah. Need yeah, to be loved they, and liked. If I yeah. speak up, people are going to think I'm a, a B word. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here, so I won't. I'm pretty sure people <laughs> know what I mean if I say a B word. Um, right. Or that I'm needy or that I'm high maintenance uh, or that mm-hmm. I'm too emotional. Here's the other thing. Some people have been told they're too much of something. You're too sensitive. You're too emotional. You worry too much. Um, they've had their feelings invalidated. And mm-hmm. so they've learned to just not express them so that they can't be put down. And so for a lot of people, yeah, it's a protective mechanism. They're hiding. They've been shamed. Uh, And, you know, the word vulnerability is very popular these days. People Mm -hmm. just don't know how to do that in a way that doesn't necessarily feel super risky. Right, right. Well, they haven't been taught, like you said, too. They've been, we've been conditioned to stay quiet and be a nice girl, which means don't say what you think. Yeah, and yeah. in the on the same token of not being taught, or they've seen people who do use their voice but do it in a really non-helpful way. So right. 
um, like people who are like really aggressive or really angry. So for some people, they're actually afraid to use their voice because they don't want to be like the people who they have witnessed doing it in a in an aggressive or a mean or a negative way. Mm-hmm. Because uh, sometimes people, a lot of people don't know that there's assertiveness. They just know there's passive and there's aggressive and they don't want to be aggressive. So right. they, I, and I've heard of a lot of people um, get those two confused, uh, assertiveness and aggressive, being aggressive, which assertive is totally different than being aggressive. So, and yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So standing I up that for yourself. early on in my sales career. They were yeah. like, if you're afraid about being aggressive, there's no way you can be. Because people who are aggressive are, are doing it on purpose, you know? Yeah. That's true. Or they don't know the difference. They just, yeah. Uh, but a lot of people don't want to speak up for themselves because they don't want to be aggressive and be seen mm-hmm. as aggressive. Mm-hmm. When just looking, taking your own, um, looking after yourself and not extending yourself on somebody else's territory is just being assertive. So when you work with women, do you, uh, do, and your um, movement, your, do you work on, does that, do you work on that kind of stuff? Like, does this come up? Yeah, it absolutely comes up because essentially wild soul movement, you know, it's a movement practice that people can do in one-off classes or workshops. I have a bunch of women in teacher training where we're going to have more live workshops all over North America um, later on this year. But in the online course, there's four topics that we move through. And so the first one is surrender and release, and then trust and receiving and wild dreaming and desire and love and creation. And so over the course of those topics, all kinds of reasons and situations to use your voice come up. And that's right. one of the reasons why I have a couple different spaces on Facebook with uh, communities. So people can come in, they can ask questions, they can share their stories. We're also mm-hmm. launching a storytelling platform later this year called the Wild Soul Woman Tribe, where people can submit their stories and they can share their stories. And this is a way for them to use their voice and to speak up and to speak out, but in a constructive manner that could be inspirational, but also healing because, you know, mm-hmm. There's some famous quote that says something about, you know, whatever you bring to the light, um, the shame, like the darkness that has to dissolve if you bring it to the light. Um, And so some people like you see this on social media sometimes, some people overshare, they share things that are like inappropriate to share for whatever reason it's inappropriate. That's not actually useful or helpful. So yeah, I do. I help my women um, be able to use their voice in like a powerful way that also honors themselves and their journey if they're healing through something or they just do want to keep some things private or sacred. Um, Also a way that's respectful to the other people in your life, right? Because sometimes, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have a story, but there's other people involved. So we're not trying to throw other people under the bus, Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we still do get to share our part of that story. So there's so many nuances. And so, yeah, for sure. It comes up, it comes up in wild soul movement. And I also run retreats and, um, have some other programs with women where it comes up more specifically in the context of the work. Okay. Well, listen, I want to, I want to know more about that, but it looks like we're coming up into a break. So to all of you who are listening, I want us to stay connected and the way uh, to do this is um, to get my weekly magnetic present tips every week I send out a tip and, um, and you get it in your inbox and you'll also get the seven step magnetic presence formula 
which is all the steps and an easy download. And it's my gift to you for being a loyal listener. So go to magnetizeyourpresence.com, enter your name and email address, and I'll send that over to you right away. And I'll see you back here in two minutes. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you ever walk into a room and feel invisible? Do you ever wonder just what it is that some people just seem to have? In today's highly competitive market, you need a magnetic image, or as Sheila Alley calls it, your MI. You can find it at your MI.ca. Don't wait one more moment. Are you ready to rock your image and make it magnetic? Are you ready to maximize your image and feel more confident? The next time you walk into that room, be noticed. Find your MI at your MI.ca. That's your MI.ca. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Magnetize Your Presence, the art of creating charisma. To reach Sheila Alley or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radio at SheilaAlley.com. Now back to Magnetize Your Presence. Hello, and we're back. And if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Liz Alto about finding your voice, trusting yourself, creating boundaries, loving yourself, and loving your body. If you want to hear the whole show, you can get the replay on my homepage at Voice America. So, Liz, when we left off, we were talking about... Um, speaking up and and finding your voice and that you work with when you work with women you help them do that and um are there any certain techniques that you might use to to help women get through that well first thing this isn't a technique it's just Mm -hmm. the nature of how i do things okay having a supportive safe community in which to first do it where you know that no matter what, like there's no risk in being shot down. That's Mm -hmm. step one, right? Having a safe space because um, one of the reasons, another reason we didn't touch on earlier why people don't use their voice is sometimes they feel like they just don't know what to say. So it's useful to have a place to practice using your words in a responsible way, in an assertive way, as you also said before the break. And so, you know, cultivating community and support and accountability and space for people to practice is a huge first step. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, because if people aren't, if you aren't used to doing it, you probably don't even know what your point of view is. 
you don't know. Never. Yeah, you haven't ever used it, so you don't know. Um, and I'm I'm familiar with this. I've worked through this myself because when I was young, I put up with a lot of crap from people uh, because I didn't know. I didn't know how to speak up, and a lot of it was because if I did, I didn't know how to find the words, and it was uncomfortable. And it was out of my discomfort that uh, I de- I've started finding. I searched how to find, you know, ways to find myself out of it because I didn't like it. So maybe some of those women who who uh, find you, I'm just assuming, again, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, that maybe when they find you it was because they are searching and they, they don't like how it feels because it doesn't feel good not to be heard. And yeah. um, go ahead. And, and I think a lot of people, they don't realize that they're not using their voice. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think... A lot of people are Googling, how do I use my voice? No, no. But it's tangentially connected to, I'm exhausted. I'm not getting what I want in my relationships. I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Like all these other issues. And then they come to realize, oh, it's because I'm not speaking up. Oh, I haven't actually articulated what I want. I don't know what I want. So of course I'm not getting it. Or, you know, I just keep letting people walk all over me. Um, all kinds of things like that. So it's usually a symptom of a larger issue. Mm-hmm. And it's inter- I'm glad you brought that up because uh, for anyone who's listening and they're thinking, well, how do I know if, I, if I'm if i not using my voice? How do I know? And that, those are some of the, for me, it was just discomfort. That, and, But also you, you become taken advantage of. Uh, people don't hear you and you don't get, relationships don't work out well because you don't say what you believe, what you think, and um, you you don't, your career doesn't go, go the way it wants, you want it to, because there are so many times in life that you want to say things uh, that are, would benefit you and, and other people too, but um, if you don't, you lose out. Yeah, and then the lack of confidence too, right? To yeah. go, well, no one's going to care what I have to say or my opinion isn't worth it. And you know what? Actually, mm-hmm. just today I posted something on Facebook because I've seen several people, like a handful of people in the last few weeks post pictures of there's this T-shirt where there's like a young Wonder Woman standing in between a young Batman and a young Superman and she's like pushing them apart. And I didn't know this until after I made the post that like it's part of a comic book story is what that's about. But I didn't know that because the time I've seen people posting it, they weren't talking about, oh, this is from the comic book. They were like, yeah, girl power. And I made a post on Facebook today to say, actually, it's not girl power if it has to come at the expense of boys. It's still Mm -hmm. spreading the message that like for you to have power, somebody else's power has to be taken away. And so um, a woman shared on my post an experience she had recently. She has a corporate job. She was in a meeting and she kept getting talked over these. It was, she was the only woman in a room full of men in this boardroom. And these guys keep going back and forth. And every time she went to speak up, she got shut down. So Mm -hmm. for some people, they're having these experiences that are, like I said earlier, showing them don't even bother because no one's going to listen to you. And finally, she stood up and she was like, if one more person interrupts me, I'm going to go let these people know why there's not a solution because I have an idea and you all won't listen to me. And then they listened to her and then they solved the freaking problem. And so Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a book called Men Explain Things to Me. Um, I forget the name of the woman who wrote it, but this is also kind of a cultural thing 
where uh, there are just some environments in which women just aren't traditionally treated as equal or with the same respect that men are, I think our culture is totally ready to move out of that that phase, which has been pretty longstanding. And so Mm -hmm. I think another piece of it is being willing, like this woman, like that was super awesome that she was like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not doing this anymore. And she Mm -hmm. really stood up and she actually did have to be a bit aggressive to get the point across to then come into a more assertive place. So um, super interesting and, again, very contextual based on where is the environment that you're wanting to or trying to use your voice and, and what's the level of support available. Mm-hmm, that's right. And one of the things you noticed there was you said if she stood up, she was using her body language yeah. to say you can't, you, you know, enough is enough. Yeah, I, yeah, that was a very good story that she would do that. Also, there are men, too, who are um, kind of in that position um, because they are quiet. If you're a quiet nature person, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get taken advantage of and you really, you really need to uh, stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and again, like, um, yeah. you know, some people, like you're saying, are more introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the cool thing, too. There's quiet ways to use your voice. It's not about yes. standing up and making a scene in the middle of a meeting. Like mm-hmm. there's ways to get an end result that don't necessarily mean you have to be comfortable um, speaking up in front of a group of people or addressing some, you know, one of the chapters in my book is about uh, how to have a courageous conversation. And I created this whole framework to help people with the, I don't know what to say part of it, or I'm afraid to bring this up, or I don't want to say or do the wrong thing, or I don't even necessarily know what I want. I just know that I have all these feelings and if I don't express them, I might explode. So, um, that's, another book that I'll write eventually is the Courageous Conversation book because, again, people don't know what to say and they don't know how to say it. That's true because they haven't been taught. Well, I'm happy you're here to teach them. <laughs> Thank you. So um, what do you see as some of the consequences if of not speaking up? So if you, if you forever are scared and the fear overtakes you and you just don't speak up, what do you see as some of the consequences of that? They're endless. So, you know, in the most extreme cases, your physical health symptoms. If you're mm-hmm. holding in emotions, especially negative things, anger, resentment, things like that, it's going to manifest eventually into some kind of illness or injury because life wants you to express yourself. And so if you're not being truthful, if you're not being true to yourself, something will happen eventually to exacerbate that you must, that you don't have a choice. Um and whether mm-hmm. people realize that consciously or not. But a lot of people are thinking, oh, I have symptoms, I'm sick, I should go to a doctor. But yeah, sometimes you actually just need to express your emotions. Maybe go to a therapist as well. So mm-hmm. um, that's one thing. But what happens is people end up in relationships or circumstances that are really not ideal, especially if they're not speaking up in the sense of they're being people pleasers, right? Like they're right. saying yes when they really want to say no, mm-hmm. or they're saying most people don't say no when they really want to say yes. Or sometimes they do, right? Like someone offers you something and you go, no, no, no. But actually it would have been really helpful. So this is a great example. Um, if, if people are trying to like help you or support you or do things for you and you're like, no, it's okay. I can do it myself. I mean, you're going to be frigging exhausted. So again, another way this you manifests are. to health things, a lot of people with um, adrenal fatigue or digestive issues, um, energy stuff where thyroid, all these kinds of things. 
Um, and if anyone is uh, into energy work or the chakra system, you know, anything to do with in and around the throat and the neck. So like a lot of people with thyroid things, they're not creatively expressing themselves or they're not speaking up or they're not telling the truth. And mm-hmm. stuff will start to manifest in and around the throat because you're holding stuff in in that space. And energetically, it's having a toll on your body. So um, mm-hmm. those types of things unsatisfactory relationships, being taken advantage of, as you mentioned earlier, um, in some cases, emotional abuse, all kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the consequences are, yeah, a lot of consequences. You really don't want to do that. You want to start taking charge of yourself and your life. And yeah. uh, part of being a, a magnetic person, because that's what I, I talk about in the show is about is magnetism. Uh, magnetic people are, uh, they do care about themselves and they do speak up. And I think, too, that a lot of um, reasons, uh, when you do, um, when you don't speak up, sometimes it's because you don't have enough self-love. And uh, you really need to um, get to know yourself more and uh, fill yourself up with love. Totally. So, um and another thing that has to do with this is boundaries, setting boundaries. So when you get your voice, so one is just speaking up in places, but when you get your voice, you also, in relationships and lots of places, you want to set boundaries. So what where would you, what do you have to say about that? Like what are some boundaries that are really important to set? This is a good question. Boundaries, Um, yeah. There's a chapter in my book about this as well. I'm like the boundaries queen. And I think Mm -hmm. what you just said about self-love is really important because you need to know yourself, trust yourself, respect yourself, and love yourself to even know what your boundaries are. There's this quote. I don't know where it came from originally, but it's that we teach people how to treat us. And so if we don't have boundaries, other people are not going to create them for us. And and boundaries actually create value in our lives. And they, we essentially are role modeling for others, how we want to be treated and what is acceptable for treating us and what is not. So, you know, here's an example I think of, of a friend of mine once when him and his wife first got married, um, his family members um, would just like walk right into their house. They would just stop by for random visits mm-hmm. and they had to set a boundary that, that you know, that's not okay. Just call before you come. Mm-hmm. Um, I've set boundaries with people in my life around touch. So I live in a community that super touchy feely. It's like, again, I'm using air quotes, a conscious spiritual community where it's not uncommon that you go to a a party and there's like, it's called a cuddle puddle. There's just like a pile of humans all laying all over each other. And I'm Mm -hmm. not super into that. You know, when I meet a new person, you know, I'm very affectionate. Like if you've ever done the five love languages, my first, my number one is physical touch. However, I do have boundaries around people I don't know touching me. So, you know, sometimes you go to meet someone, you put out your hand to shake their hand and they go in to hug you. Like, I'll be like, actually, like, I'd like to shake your hand, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. not because I don't like you or anything. I'm just not into like, let's get to know each other before I let you touch me in a way that for me, I perceive as intimate. So, so stuff like that. But then there's even people who, um, again, how people talk to you. 
the things that mm-hmm. people are willing to like dish off onto you. So even in work environments, right? Like people are just like always dumping things on your desk or asking you to stay late or assuming that you're just going to and not even asking you, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's it's around stuff like that and saying, hey, I actually have some place to be tonight. I can't stay late. That's a boundary. And so, you know, there's all kinds of things that are honoring your time, your space, your energy, and and your health and your resources, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And a lot of time in anyway, like I was going to say work situations, but in life in general, if you're the person who always says yes, you will get more people to ask you because they like people who are going to say yes. So who would you go to if you want something? The yes person. You're not going to go ask someone who says no. And, uh, and that you're right. Then people become overwhelmed because once you're known as saying yes, everybody's going to ask you and you're going to be overloaded. And then there are people too, who, um, actually don't want to take anything and they want to do everything. So, um, it's kind of like a backwards boundary, but, but, um, I guess they have, well, that's control. That's not boundaries. That's someone who's being a control freak. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they don't want to take, they just want to give. And, but then they want to have someone say how great they are because they did it. And you know what's a really yeah. cool benefit to boundaries? I actually mm-hmm. learned this in a workshop. Actually, at <laughs> they had a specific. I went to a workshop. Um, it was called a cuddle party, and I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, maybe I'll maybe I can have a better understanding of this culture of cuddling." <laughs> yeah. And what was cool is the whole thing. They started out with this whole boundaries lesson, where you actually practiced asking your partner for something and they would just say no. So no matter what, like they would just say no so that you could get used to asking and hearing a no. And then they taught you when someone says no to respond with, thank you for taking care of your needs, because that's truly what a no means. If someone is saying um, no to you, they're saying yes to themselves on some level, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas most people feel guilty, like, oh, I should always say yes. I should, you know, I want to appear as someone who's helpful, but if I don't have the bandwidth for something, it's actually not cool to say yes and then show up with like no energy to do the thing. You're not going to do the thing well. So it's not useful to be saying yes when you don't want to anyway. And, mm-hmm. and what they explained, which I find this to be true, would I know that someone will say no when they mean no? I can actually trust when they do say yes. Because exactly. I know when they say yes, they mean it. And they're not yes. just like, yes, yes, yesing you. And then begrudgingly doing things or building this secret resentment behind closed doors because, you know, they're holding it against you, but they really are the one who said yes when they didn't want to. That is a very good point. That's how I feel too. I feel much better when I know, uh, when I'm talking to someone who I know speaks their mind, I feel a lot more comfortable because I know, yeah. you know, they're not going to, they won't say yes to things they don't want to do. Yeah. So time is going really quickly here and we're having great, a great chat but it looks like another break is coming up. So Great. to all of you who are listening, um, if you, I'd like for us to stay connected. So the way to do this is to get my magnetic presence tips. Um, a magnetic tip is sent to you every week in your inbox. And you will also get the seven-step magnetic presence formula, which is um, in an easy download. So go to magnetizeyourpresence.com, enter your name and email address, and I'll send that over to you right away. And I will see you back here in two minutes.
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Make life work with Kathy Ellis is a mix of insights into human behavior about how we shape the culture and the culture that traps us and ideas on how to get out of our own way. Kathy has plenty to talk about from becoming true individuals to growing as a society. And she has some ideas for making business work, how family work, relationships work, and even how to get the kids to literally do more work. How to make life work. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do you ever walk into a room and feel invisible? Do you ever wonder just what it is that some people just seem to have? In today's highly competitive market, you need a magnetic image, or as Sheila Alley calls it, your MI. You can find it at your MI.ca. Don't wait one more moment. Are you ready to rock your image and make it magnetic? Are you ready to maximize your image and feel more confident? The next time you walk into that room, be noticed. Find your MI at your MI.ca. That's your MI.ca. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Magnetize Your Presence, the art of creating charisma. To reach Sheila Alley or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radio at SheilaAlley.com. Now back to Magnetize Your Presence. Hello and welcome back. Um, I'm speaking with Liz D'Alto today. And we are talking about finding your voice, speaking up, setting boundaries, and uh, being good to yourself, and how that what that has to do with magnetism. So we were talking about saying uh, setting boundaries and about saying no. And I also I, what I mentioned was that um, in order to be able to do this, you really need to love yourself and love yourself in a way that doesn't mean that you're uh, egotistic or anything. It's like just self-love as in taking care of yourself because you really need to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. So from my experience, uh, that's where it all comes from. So for any of the listeners who are thinking, I really like to have the courage to stand up for myself and I really don't, and I think maybe it's because I don't love myself that much. Liz, do you have any... Uh, ideas of how a person who lacks self-love and really uh, a person who's been giving themselves away, doing too much, uh, not setting boundaries, what, where would they start? Yeah, this is a great question. So first of all, let's start with liking yourself, right? Love can be intimidating. Let's start with like. Um, okay. You want to like yourself. And the place to start with liking yourself is actually self-acceptance. Uh, I wrote a blog post years ago how self-acceptance has to come before self-improvement. So if you're into personal development, spirituality, self-help, reading books like that, and you're 
approaching it all from the place of feeling like you're broken or you need to fix something or that you need to be fixed, Mm -hmm. that is, you're never going to get the result that you want because you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. There might be situations and experiences that you've had that have, have led to more situations and experiences or maybe emotional things or things that you need to heal or things that you want to look at and address and change some behaviors or do things better or stop attracting similar crappy experiences over and over and over again. But it's not necessarily because there's anything wrong with you. It's just because you've you've had all these experiences. So you have beliefs about how things are. You mm-hmm. have plenty of evidence to support your beliefs. That's how you even created them. And so the first place you need to be is just accepting of what is right now and not making yourself wrong for it, not making yourself bad for it, and not beating yourself up for it. So we begin with self-acceptance and the choice to be gentle with yourself throughout the process as you cultivate the self-like, which eventually leads to the self-love. Okay. So what? how would you be gentle with yourself? What do you mean by that? So often as people are doing this personal work, you're making progress, but if anything, like you're learning to ride a bike, you're going to fall down sometimes. So it's the same. So let's put it in context. We'll do an example. Um, Mm -hmm. I recently did a podcast interview with my friend, Terry Cole, and we were talking about relationship stuff. So, um, you know, people who find themselves in codependent relationships. And one of the things that people in codependent relationships will do is they'll like explain away or they'll make excuses for their partner's bad behaviors. So whether it's that they have a drinking problem or just that like they're always late to things or, you know, it could be all kinds of different things. And so um, you might decide, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to make excuses for this person. And you're doing really well. Two weeks goes by. You're not doing that anymore. And then all of a sudden you find yourself doing it again, maybe because it's your mom and it's, it's harder. She's harder on you than other people. And so you're like, all right, well, we'll just make up an excuse. Cause I don't feel like taking crap from my mom. And then you realize, man, I said, I wasn't going to do that. And I did it. So now you're faced with how are you going to, what are you going to do? How are you going to treat yourself? How are you going to talk to yourself? You can be like, damn it. What's wrong with you? You said you weren't going to do that. You broke your commitment, blah, blah, blah. And you could be mean to yourself or you can go, all right, well, you know what? You were going strong for two weeks. You fell off. Let's just continue to make progress and move forward. The big, the end game is just do it less than you do it. Make sense? Right, right. And uh, don't beat yourself up when you don't, when you do make a mistake or you forget or you fall short. Yeah, because people don't realize, yeah. uh, people don't honor mm-hmm. the progress they're making. People want perfection. And not only do mm-hmm. they want perfection, they want it like five minutes ago. <laughs> so they're oh, expecting yeah. a result to happen so quickly, often around something that took years and years and years to develop. So it mm-hmm. doesn't even make any reasonable sense that you're going to heal or transform something, um, you know, in 90 days or 21 days when it's like taken 20 years <laughs> of life experience that created the situation, you know? Yeah. It took a long time to get there. Yeah. And, yeah. and really any kind of change, you need to be easy on yourself. Some of the uh, ways that I've, um, that I help my clients with helping them uh, like themselves and making changes is to, through affirmations. So uh, sometimes uh, the affirmations might seem a bit foreign to you, uh, but if you say it often enough after a while, it 
starts to sink in. And you mentioned about when you make a mistake and say you decide I'm going to do this, this, and then you forget. Especially, it's true too, when you have a different family, a different person, especially if it's a family member, you forget what you're going to do or what you you um, said you would do, and then you start to beat yourself up about it. So it is a, a long a process, so you don't want to, you want to be easy on yourself for that. Yeah, and there's a difference between being easy on yourself and not holding yourself accountable. Yes. So you don't want to let yourself off the hook. You want to acknowledge, oh, you know, my intention has been to do better than that. Let me just mm-hmm. pay closer attention next time. Um, right. And another really great step in this process is to really honor yourself when you do well. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, something I've been teaching people for years that they could do in any context is, you know, at the end of any given day, um, make a what I did list. So, um, you know, a lot of people at the end of the day are busy thinking about all the things they didn't get done and looking at their to-do list, at, which was probably already an obscene number of things that no human can get done in one day anyway. A lot right. of people are looking at that list going, crap, there were all these things on here that I didn't do. Instead of, all right, well, you know what? I did my best. I got all these things done and celebrating what they did do so they can carry that momentum into the next day. So the what I did list works in this context as well. It's basically like, you know, journaling out appreciations for yourself on all the steps you're taking and all the positive Mm -hmm. progress you're making and really honoring it and recognizing yourself for it. Um, Because what you put your energy towards, you're going to get more of it. So if you're beating yourself up, you're going to get more reasons to beat yourself up. If you're honoring yourself and recognizing yourself and appreciating yourself, you're also going to find more reasons to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes, great point. Great point. That's where to start. Um, so, how does loving your body play into this? Because, uh, and I know if, since you've been in the with women, and you said you were in the fitness industry, uh, a, a lot of women that I know and I've come in contact with um, are not very fussy about their body. They find something to dislike about it. So, totally. what do you have to say about that? Well, first of all, you got to look at why. Why do you do that? Because again, culture, media, Mm -hmm. messaging, maybe messaging in the very home that you grew up in or maybe in your friends growing up or whatever has essentially told us all this is what women are supposed to look like and it has a lot to do with the physical, right? And so Mm -hmm. we forget that our bodies are literally works of art. And they're miracle-making, life-creating machines, like such a sophisticated piece of like miraculous equipment. And we forget to, again, honor and recognize our bodies for all of the things that they're capable of and do effortlessly day in and day out. And instead, we are entirely concerned with what it looks like and is it good enough, measured on a scale that we didn't even choose, that somebody else gave to us. And so um, what I mean by your body is a work of art, literally, look back in history at some of the most beautiful and celebrated works of art that are of women. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the traditional stick figure model body type that we have largely in our culture now, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, a thicker body actually meant that you were probably royalty or that you were well-to-do because you could afford to eat. Right. That was and so, yeah. you know, 
this has been a, a way of women being oppressed in thinking that their greatest value is in their beauty or is in their looks or is in their age. I got stuck in an airport once, had a flight delay. It was in LA. It was like a 10 hour flight delay or something like that. And I decided to just start interviewing women about, um, what they, what they liked and didn't like about being women. And the first woman I asked, and I was just like tapping random shoulder of uh, random people on the shoulder. She was an, a- an aging woman. So she was probably in like her forties or fifties, which, you know, I, a whole nother conversation about like having respect for those who have come before us. I have so many friends who are like 10 to 20 years older than me. And I love it because it's like, I get to flip ahead a chapter in the book of life and go, what happens next? Thank you so much for sharing your experience with me. Um, Mm -hmm. but this woman was saying how hard it was to be getting older and her beauty was slipping away and feeling like she was becoming invisible. And that like made me want to cry. Cause it's absolutely ridiculous. Like you have so much more to offer the world than just being something that, uh, people enjoy looking at. So, right. Definitely. To come back, you know, appreciating your body, you know, you breathe day in and day out, you digest, mm-hmm. like you have organs that process the food and send the energy to the right place and all these things. If you're a woman that has had a baby, you literally created human life and you mm-hmm. didn't even have to think about it. Like you didn't have to do anything. Like you made a, a baby's liver, like the toenails, the toes, like a fully formed child came out of you in some way, shape or form. And all of that happened in your body without you having to tell your body how to do it. It's a freaking amazing, miraculous thing that we don't give it enough credit for. You're so one dead, of yeah. the greatest things you can do to yeah. love your body is actually you know, speak to her and have a relationship with her and call her her or she when you're talking about it, not like it, not like it's this separate entity. So many people have treated it like that, treated it like an inconvenience. So many women don't like that they get a period and they have to deal with cramps or bleeding for three to seven days a month or whatever it is, instead Mm -hmm. of looking at, oh, what is there to learn about my menstrual cycle? Like, what is this telling me? What's the dip in my energy all about? Maybe I should honor that. I mean, I could obviously go on and on and on and on about this, um, you sound very passionate about it. <laughs> I really am. It's like even in, you know, wild yeah. soul movement, especially the body is how I teach women to connect with their intuition. So, um, you know, you learn how to speak your body's unique language of the senses. So, you know, most women who have ever been attacked, um, in any capacity, just violently or sexually have reported, there have been studies on this, a large, large, large percentage of women who have had experiences like that have reported that they had some kind of bad feeling before it happened and whether they listened to it or didn't. Right. And so knowing what does a bad feeling feel like for you? What do you feel and where do you feel it when danger is coming? And this way you can be like, Oh, get in that pit in my stomach. Let me like, what's going on around me. Or maybe I just need to get the hell out of here, you know? So, um, I got to cut you off. (laughs) Okay. It's it's, uh, been great speaking with you, but we're coming up to the end and I wanted the listeners to get your free gift. Um, it's, so just go to ontameyourself.com forward slash try T R Y dash F O R dash F R E E. And thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you, Liz, for being here. I really enjoyed everything you had to say. And thank you for everyone from all over the world. I hope you do take Liz's tips and strategies and apply them to your life and business. And again, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate all of you. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Magnetize Your Presence, The Art of Creating Charisma. Please join your hosts, Sheila Alley, and another of her amazing guests next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready for another magnetic event next week. 